on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. One-two pitch. Check swing. Appeal. Doesn't need it. It's strike three. And the ball game is over. The Brewers have swept the Cleveland Indians here at Progressive Field. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City in Milwaukee with Jerry Augustine. Here's Matt Pauley. A serious sweep of the Indians. Brewers just keep on rolling. That magic number, it is down to six, could be down to five, depending on uh, what happens with the uh, Cardinals and the Reds. They are playing as we speak right now. And at last look, the Cardinals led by a 2 nothing score. And in fact, the uh, Cardinals, they are continuing to uh, lead that game 2 nothing in the bottom of the eighth. So there is a possibility before we even get done with this program, that the Brewers' magic number could be down to five. Eric Lauer today really, really good as he takes a no-hitter into the sixth inning, ends up giving up a run on three hits. You have a couple home runs from both Colton Wong and uh, Avisail Garcia, each coming up with their second multiple home run day of the year. Uh, The two of them account for better than uh, 1,600 feet of home run distance today. And uh, the Brewers just roll through. Even Aaron Ashby picks up his first career save by throwing the final three innings. Uh, it uh, It is quite the day for the Brewers today, 11-1. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting. We're on 94.5 ESPN today, so the phone number different than when we're on uh, WTMJ, 800-990-3776, 800-990-ESPN. That's how you call, that's how you text, or if you would like to tweet at me, you can do so at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We will keep you as well updated on what's going on with the Packers. They are playing the Saints right now, and it is a 3 nothing New Orleans lead with about seven and a half minutes to go in the first quarter. Let's bring in former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine. And, Augie, uh, this is just another complete game for the Brewers. 11 runs on 13 hits, good pitching, good fielding. You can't play much better than how the Brewers played today. Well, you look at the series against Cleveland coming in, you thought Cleveland, pretty good ball club, been struggling of late the last series against the Twins. They were shut out two out of three games, so you know they were struggling at the plate. But this was just a series where the Brewers just dominated in every phase of the game. You look at the pitching with Hauser and, and Burns and today it's Lauer, just throwing the ball very well. Great job from the bullpen. Defensively, they were very strong. And offensively, just continue to do the good things you need to do. Scoring runs. Some days it's with the home runs. Some days it's manufacturing runs. But they consistently go out and give you a a good outing each and every day. And so this ball club is really playing very, very well. And uh, I'll just tell you, you just can't, you can't say enough things about expectations because every expectation you make for this club so far this year, they've been able to achieve. Augie, we talked about this last Monday, the day after the Daniel Vogelback game. The Brewers opened up that series against the Phillies, and they got thumped pretty good. And something I said, and I think a lot of people believed, was that was a classic letdown game for you to win the game the way that you did the day before on that Vogelback Grand Slam. You're coming back with a day game the next day. It's really easy to have a letdown in that kind of game. I would say today was just the exact same circumstances. You're coming off uh, the Motions of a no-hitter yesterday coming back with a day game today. This game was sitting there looking like one that could have easily been a loss for the Brewers, and I think it makes it that much more impressive that not only do they win, but they win in such convincing fashion. 
Yeah, then they get their, their new founded igniter and Colton Wong. You know, you look what he did, comes right in this game, needed to get the team off to a good start. Like you said, could be a, a game where you have a letdown after a special night like they had last night. But tonight, today he goes up, leadoff, hits his eighth career leadoff home run and sixth of this year with the Brewers. Not only that, he had two home runs today, his career high in home runs. So he needed something to get the Brewers on the going in the right way Right from the beginning, Colton Wong did that. And right from there, this, this offense just took off and swung the bat very well all day long. Brewers come up with the win, knocking off Cleveland by an 11-1 score. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting 800-990-3776, 800-990-ESPN, or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Brewers get the 11-1 win. We continue on in just a moment with more Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on ESPN Milwaukee. Towards the left side, it's gloved by Rosario. Throw wide, and it's into foul territory in right field. Peterson's going to try and score. Here comes the throw. It's going to go to third. Sliding in there is Urias. Brewers are going to get another run on a really bad throw by Ahmed Rosario. Brewers pick up an 11-1 win against Cleveland. I'll tell you what, the Indians played some poor defense here over the last couple days. There were a lot of mistakes uh, that were made by them committing errors. And uh, they just, Augie, I don't know, you, you referenced this earlier where you looked at their record and you said, okay, you know what, they're, they're not a good team, but they're not a bad team. I'm not trying to take anything away from what the Brewers did over the last three days, but you know, there's times where you play a team and you go, this team is bad. And that, that, to me, that's what it felt like with Cleveland. This felt like a bad team that the Brewers were playing. Yeah, you know, they just didn't play well. I think I believe they had six errors in the series and but you know, you gotta look gotta give so much credit to this Brewer Ball Club because they just apply pressure in so many different areas. The starting pitching was fantastic. The whole series I, I, from Adrian Hauser right on with Corbin Burns all amazing last night and then Lauer today just went out and did his job and take the bullpen following that through. But defensively, they played strong. But on the offensive side of the ball, they really give you some good at-bats. This is a pitching staff that's been a little bit depleted in Cleveland. They lost their, their number one starter, and the bullpen's been a little bit shaky lately. They apply pressure. They put the ball in play. They don't strike out a lot now. They're moving runners over, doing all the little things. And I think sometimes when you're just a good baseball team, you apply pressure. You make the opponents do things that they just don't naturally do. They rush. They don't play the game where way they should. And I think that's what the Brewers did against Cleveland. They just showed complete dominance in every phase throughout this whole series. And you can tell why they got a series sweep because they played that well. Got a text message from uh, from Doug, and it's, it's a good one. He said, the numbers that these two catchers are putting up are really starting to look good. 21 combined home runs, 76 combined RBIs. With Manny Pena picking it up, looks like he'll probably get his starts against lefties in the playoffs. What a turnaround. Uh, I don't know if, if, you know, right now it feels like, 
the Brewers uh, take the opportunity against left-handers, and it wasn't a left-hander on the on, on the mound today, but the, the point's still there. It feels like during the regular season, the Brewers, if they're going to be facing off against some lefties, they try to take that as the opportunity to get Omar Narvaez a day. With all the days in the postseason, you don't need to give Narvaez the day quite as often. So, again, I don't know if that means that is going to be the starter against lefties in the playoffs or not. I don't think that's a, a sure thing. Thing, but the the main point of the of the text is spot on. You look at what Pena's been doing recently and what Omar Narvaez has done all season long. This is all of a sudden, you know, just like just like the rest of the offense has seemingly turned around, uh, the catchers are, are giving you as much combined production as just about any catcher uh, duo out there. Boy, it must be ESP because I tell you what, I was thinking about that the whole game when after Manny had had only needed a triple uh, for the cycle. But you look at what he's done the last 20 games. He's hitting 321 with five home runs and 20 RBIs. And we just, it wasn't back too long ago where he was really struggling at the plate. It's going to get interesting. I think when we talk about this ball club, you talk what Omar Navarez has done for this ball club all year long. He's been a big part of this batting order and I agree with you I think it's going to be a situation where it's either a matchup because of pitching uh, left-hand pitching certain left-hand pitchers might be tough on Omar where Manny might get the start but uh, this is going to get interesting now you have Manny swinging the bat well doing an excellent job behind the plate it gives him that opportunity to have that flexibility that if the matchup does come up where Manny might fit in there well, you can use him because he's done such a great job and meant so much to this ball club all year long. You mentioned the numbers in his last 20 games, and you're right. So his last 20 games, that goes back to July 20th. So it's it's not quite two months back, but it, this is a significant uh, amount of chunk of season. He doesn't play every day, uh, so it's 20 games that he has appeared in since July 20th between not playing and also his stint on the injured list. Over those 20 games, he has hit 321, five home runs, 20 RBIs. He has an OPS during that period of 1,040, which is ridiculous. It's a, it's a huge number that he has put up, and I think it makes it that much more impressive going back to what I just said, Augie. He's not playing every day, and when he was struggling so much, when he was hitting uh, below 200, which his overall numbers are still not especially good, even with his performance today, he's still only at 195, but when he was hitting closer to 100 even than 200, one of the things that we said over and over and over was it's really challenging to have much offensive success when you play as few games as Pena plays, and maybe you get one or two starts a week. Well, that remained. I, I'm not backing off of that statement simply because he's turned things around offensively. I still think that absolutely is a true statement, but what I think it augments is just how much more impressive not only is he putting up those numbers over his last 20 games, he's putting up those numbers over his last 20 games when he's not playing every day and he had a long injured list in. That you said it perfectly. I think when you he understands what he has to do, he's always a guy that comes prepared to play every day. And uh, I agree with you. You see what he's done over those last twenty games, spread out over a longer period of time. He's really done a nice job. And there's been a couple of instances, Maddie, in the last couple of games when he's been in there, when there you think that that maybe Chris Hook might be coming out of the dugout, or or maybe even Craig coming out of the dugout, and all of a sudden you see Manny Pena on the mound with with all the infielders and that pitcher, and it. The guy who's doing most of the conversation is Manny Pena. He's that guy who understands. He knows what he, how to turn things around. He knows how to get the pitchers in the right direction. 
and uh, really calm them down. So I think when you talk about Manny Pena behind the plate, he is the kind of guy who's done so much, understands it. I think he's been a great help to Omar behind the plate to help him understand how to command the pitches, how to go through different sequences. And I think his importance is that big, but it'll be interesting. I think we, we're going to go matchups. I think I still believe that certain matchups that Manny might be the right guy behind the plate, and we're just going to have to wait and see what those matchups are. Brewers get the 11-1 win over Cleveland today as they wrap up a series sweep going into an off day tomorrow before they'll open up a quick two-game series in Detroit on Tuesday. If you want to join the program, you can do so by calling or texting 800-990-3776, 800-990-ESPN, different number than when we're on a WTMJ. So if you've got that text line saved in your phone and you're uh, texting that right now, it's going to... Uh, it's going to WTMJ, and we're here on 94.5 ESPN today. You can also uh, tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Uh, we will continue on with the program in just a moment. Brewers get the win over Cleveland 11-1. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on ESPN Milwaukee. Shaw swing and a high fly. How about right now? Way back for Wong, a new career high for Colton Wong, his 13th home run of the season, his second of the game. 9-1 Brewers. They go on to win by an 11-1 score. Brewers' extra innings continues here on 94.5 ESPN. My name is Matt Pauley, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine here as well. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting 800-990-3776 or tweeting at me at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Augie, let's talk a little bit about Eric Lauer, who goes five and a third, gives up a run on three hits, eight strikeouts, one walk. He carries a no-hitter into the sixth inning, and his numbers are getting more and more impressive. And it's not just a a tiny sample size at this point. Uh, You can start looking at at some of these numbers in terms of what he has done over the last couple months or so. When you look specifically at what he has done, uh, starting on August 1st, so over the course of the uh, of August and September, seven games, a three and one record, a 1.93 ERA, just a 200 batting average against. Uh, he has in that period. 35 strikeouts to eight walks in 37 and a third innings pitched. He is matching what uh, many of these other pitchers are doing, maybe even exceeding what some of these other pitchers are doing. And again, this is since August 1st, so I'm not just looking at his last two or three starts. Uh, This is a month plus of action now from Eric Lauer. Yeah, he's been throwing the ball extremely well. I, I think when we looked at Eric Lauer in the past, it was when he came over, it was about having a good fastball, a good breaking ball on the inner half of the plate, and then elevate the fastball, and that was his success. And he had a little bit of a cutter at that time. He couldn't command it as well. I think that's made a huge difference in him, that he's been able to cut throw that cutter both on the inside, outside part of plate, and locate it when he wants. Today he had three strikeouts on the cutter, three strikeouts on the breaking ball, had a fastball for a, uh, and a slider for a strikeout, but it's his command. And there's one thing we see out of Eric, and I really noticed it since August, with those pitches, the ability to use your secondary pitches and make pitch-to-pitch improvement 
on those secondary pitches during an at-bat is very, very important to be a very good pitcher. And that's what we're seeing on him. You see today where he'd make a little bit of a cutter on the outside part of the plate, come back and make that second cutter back-to-back, make it just a little bit better. Or get ahead of hitters and throw him just out of that strike zone that's hard to lay off. That pitch has made a big deal for him, but I tell you, it's just a combination of still having that good fastball, the all quadrants, but being able to com- command those secondary pitches, even if you're behind in the count, and locate them to good spots has been so important for him. He's been throwing the ball very well. All the old saying is, you know, in, in baseball, momentum goes as far as the next day starting pitcher. Th- there's some truth to it, but when you look sometimes from a backwards perspective, how much more, I don't know if confidence is the word, but how much better does, a, does an Eric Lauer feel taking the mound against the Indians today after watching what Corbin Burns did against them yesterday? Uh, wow. Uh, you know, I, uh, in pitching behind games that were, uh, I remember pitching when I had the opportunity to follow a shutout or, or an outstanding game, it just got me so pumped up to want to follow him and do the same thing. And the big thing was being able to keep your emotions in control that you go out and pitch your game. And I think what Eric has done is being able to follow what he did last night and able to say, you know what, my job, what, what Corbin Burns did was just awesome and amazing and isn't done very often in the game of baseball but my job is to command my emotions to stay within myself to follow the routine be able to use the use the 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 quadrants like i usually do and i'm going to pitch my game and i think i can be successful that's that little confidence that you get it's not only excitement that you get from the guy who was before you and pitched so well it's the confidence that you have to say you know what I can compete on that level too. I just have to go and execute my pitches to the best of my ability. And he's been doing that. No matter when he starts and whomever he starts after, I think you've noticed him since a little bit before August, really going through with that commitment and believing in himself and allowing himself to go compete at that level and do the sequencing and execution that you need to do and have if you're going to be a good pitcher. Uh, Brad Boxberger comes in. He really needed work. We don't see him in the sixth inning very often. We don't see him in games that are as one-sided as this one very often. But he needed work, and it kind of worked out that uh, after Lauer gave up a hit in the sixth inning, it got just a little bit dicey there, and they were able to get Boxberger in to finish out that inning. And then, Augie, we saw Aaron Ashby throw the final three innings, gets his first career save. And Craig Council has talked a lot recently about – looking for new experiences for Ashby. And this is another new one today where he throws the final three innings of a game and a game that's not real competitive. And sometimes as a pitcher, it's hard to come into these non-competitive situations. That certainly was not the case for Ashby today. You know, he comes with the, he came over and from spring training. We all would look at the reports on, on Aaron Ashby, and he's got a really good slider. And he's got a good fastball, good tailing fastball, good moving that he locates very well. He's a strike thrower. When we remember him from spring training, we remember him coming in and being very aggressive in the strike zone, which we like young pitchers to do. But he really was fastball-itis in spring training. He was commanding it very well, throwing it to both sides of the plate. I think the one thing that's been very impressive to me, and, and, I, and maybe you will agree with me on this, has been his breaking ball. 
He's been able to throw that breaking ball, get me over for a strike. He did it to the last hitter day. He got me a get over breaking ball. The next breaking ball I made was even a better breaking ball. Then he threw a breaking ball down out of the zone and had to see if he'd go after it. He didn't go, he didn't swing at it. So he came back with a breaking ball in the outer half of the plate. That's being able to command some secondary pitches like we talked about Eric Lauer and and add to what you do have. He still has that great slider. He gets that slider down on the inside part of the plate on both sides of the plate. Very tough to hit. He's got that great fastball that he's been able to locate. But I've been really impressed with his changeup at times that he throws for strikes, but that breaking ball that he's been able to command. Again, it's those secondary pitches that you can throw at any time for strikes has been so important. And uh, today, was a, today was a great experience for him, being able to go and get that first save of your career. Mission accomplished. He threw the ball very well. An 11-1 win for the Brewers in Cleveland. They get multiple home runs from two separate individuals. We'll discuss their days and their impact on what the Brewers are doing from an offensive standpoint. We'll do that next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on ESPN Milwaukee. Pitch to Wong. Swing and a high fly deep into right field. Drifting back all the way back for Cottle. 1-0 Brewers. 11-1. The Brewers get the win over the Cleveland Indians. Welcome back in. It's Brewers Extra Innings on uh, 94.5 ESPN. I almost, I almost said WTMJ, but I stopped myself right before. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting 800-990-3776, 800-990-ESPN, or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, keeping you updated on what's going on with the Packers. They trail the Saints right now, 10 nothing with 10 and a half minutes to go in the first half. So uh, the Packers are going to have to pull Brewers and uh, try to come back in uh, their game against New Orleans. No coming back today for the Brewers. They got out to the early lead. Augie, uh, Avisael Garcia and Colton Wong each hit two home runs. They each have their second two-home run day of the year. Wong hits another leadoff home run. Sixth time he's done that this year. Uh, the two players combine for 1,680 feet of home runs. Avisael Garcia's first home run was the hardest hit home run uh, for the Brewers in the StatCast era. So since exit velocity has been tracked by StatCast, you go back to 2015 on that, uh, Keon Broxton hit one against the Mariners uh, a few years back, which had been the hardest hit one. I mean, there's just a lot of different things about these home runs that were hit today, and of course that's a big reason that the Brewers are able to win this game. Yeah, you know, you talk about this ball club and, you know, some days it's a home run and, you know, there be, I remember a couple of days ago they mentioned to Craig Council that he haven't been hitting a home runs very much off lately and he just smiled and that night the Brewers went out and hit three or four home runs. Today they hit five home runs. This is a ball club that has the abilities to do a lot of really good things. They can go out and manufacture runs, move runners over, but hit the home run. But when you talk about a, guys that stepped up for the season, you're looking at who are the guys that were going to step up. You wanted Christian Yelich to come back and have the great years, the MVP style year that he that he's had in the past, and it, it hasn't quite worked out, although he's improved so much in helping this ball club. You're looking for guys to step up, and I think if there's two guys that 
that you really look at. Colton Wong in that leadoff spot has just been very, very special. And I think the other guy is obviously El Garcia. I, I have to mention Omar Narvaez because he's been as well uh, very important. But uh, you look at special guys that have done special things. You put those two guys, you take Colton Wong and obviously El Garcia with what they've done this season at the plate has been pretty special. And a, a big reason why this Brewer offense has really been able to take off, especially the second half. We have an update. The Cardinals defeat the Reds by a 2-0 score, and that lowers the Brewers' magic number one more. It went down to six when they beat Cleveland. Augie, it is down to five. This magic number is dropping in at a very rapid pace. It's... They just keep playing baseball, and you know they. You know, I, I think when you look at this ball club, I and you know they've got the feeling that they are going to be able to accomplish the the numbers and winning the division. I think, but they just feel as a ball club they have to maintain and and continue to play the good solid, good solid baseball like they have been of late. And since this second half has started, they have just been fantastic in every phase. And this team just goes out and. Like we said earlier in the, in the broadcast, you you talk about expectations, and if we put, we put down, if you and I put down some expectations from now until the end of the season, they would they would accomplishment accomplish them. They are that good. I think they have their eyes set on being that number one seed, and they have a good chance of getting there. It, uh, both the Giants and the Dodgers have some very tough schedule. They just want to go out and see if they can compete and get to have that opportunity to get past that 100 wins and maybe even overtake the Giants and the Dodgers and get that number one seed. And that second wild card spot race is tightening up that much more. The Padres will wrap up their series against the Dodgers later on today. Right now, the Padres hold the second wild card. They're a half game up on the Reds. So if the Padres win today, they'd be one game up. If they lose, they would be in a virtual tie. But, Augie, the Cardinals are now within a game and a half of that second wild card. Uh, it just Every single time we want to bury St. Louis, they, they do something and they get right back in it. Yeah, and they're going to come to Milwaukee. they got seven games left with the Brewers. Uh, and it's going to, you know, those are going to be fun games. They're going to be like playoff style games. And I think that's what the Brewers want. They want to keep that, keep those, keep these series, play each series, win each series, and, and really have some enthusiasm with each series. And the Cardinals still having that opportunity, puts them right in the middle of it. And later on, maybe even the Mets maybe have that opportunity. So it's going to be interesting. We're going to have a great homestand coming up. Let's finish it off in Detroit, have a good road trip, and then let's go home and see how we can finish the season real strong at home and then go on the road to finish it. Brewers get the 11-1 win over Cleveland. What did manager Craig Council have to say about this one? We'll hear his post-game comments in just a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on ESPN Milwaukee. And the pitch. Runners go. Swing a line drive. Base hit into right. Vogelback's going to try and score. Here comes the throw. It's not cut off. Vogelback is in there. Pena trying to dive back to the back at third. He's safe there. It's a run scoring single for Eduardo Escobar. Make it 4-0 Milwaukee. They go on. 
one to win by an 11-1 score, as complete of a game as they have played this year. The run scoring is there, 11 runs on 13 hits. The pitching is there, as they give up just four total hits, 15 strikeouts, only one walk issued by Brewers pitchers. The fielding is there. They do not uh, commit an error in this game. There was a pickoff over at uh, first base. There were uh, great defensive plays made. Jackie Bradley Jr. went through a run of uh, multiple really solid catches out in the outfield. Everything put together, and as manager Craig Council uh, opened up his post-game comments today, he was asked about that aspect of his team and how it seems like just about everything right now is hitting on all cylinders. Uh, we, we played a really good series. Um, I mean, we, we pitched um, extraordinarily well. It was, it was just a, a great effort on the pitching side, I thought. Um, you know, as, as good a three games as we've had, certainly. Um, just, you know, you just, you make it really, really hard to score. Um, you know, you're going to have success. Uh, today, the bats um, did a great job off, off a good, pretty good pitch, a good pitcher. And, um, you know, that was enough. Craig, you've talked about this offense isn't really built on home runs this season, but it was a big story today and for the series. I mean, how dangerous can this lineup be when you get that kind of production? Yeah, I mean, I think that's, you know, obviously that's, that's when you put the big numbers on the board, when you, when you, you know, throw, the, throw our offense with some home runs in it. So it's a product of, you know, that next step, you know, hitting home runs like that. Is, that's not going to happen every day for sure. But, um, you know, you hit them like today and you're going to have big numbers on the board. With Eric coming back and pitching in his hometown for the first time, how impressive was it that he was able to, you know, keep, keep his composure, keep his emotions under control and just go out there and do his job like he did? Yeah, Eric's, you know, really steady. Um, I don't think too much gets to him. Um, you know, it, it's kind of good, bad. It's, it's always been, it's always hard to tell with Eric. He, he, he's very even keeled and that's, that's a strength for him. Um, but Eric in general is just, he's just really locked in. He's throwing the ball really well. And he, he did a great job today. He just, he was top of the zone. And then the, I thought the off speed stuff today was very, very good. So he, he got kind of guys looking hard and looking at the top of the zone and then change up curveball. um, occasional backdoor cutter were, were really good. Um, so it was a, he's on a good stretch right now. He's, he's pitching really, really well. Craig, you, uh, road record is even is better than your home record. record. And your home, home record is really, really good. good. Uh, uh, how does something like that happen? Yeah, we've, we've talked about that. I mean, there, there's no, you know, great explanation. I, I we've just played exceptionally well on the road. Uh, there's, you know, I, I think we're a good baseball team. Um, and it's just happened to line up really well on the road. Um, you know, the, the number of wins we have on the road is, but it, it's, you know, however you look at it, you know, good. It's still impressive. It's, 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 it's been, we've played exceptionally well on the road. I don't, I don't think there's anything to it. I don't think there's anything to the makeup of our club that enhances it. I, I think we just, we do a really nice job and we've, some of our best uh, stretches of baseball have been when we happen to be when we're on the road. Craig, you you gave Avi a little rest to kind of regroup, get through some aches and pains, and it just looks as paid off 
you know, in spades for you. He's hitting balls just out of sight the last week. Um, do you feel like he's like pulling it together at a great time? You know, I, I mean, I think Avi's, um, you know, we're, we're going to be cautious with him. I'll, I'll tell you that, but I do think, you know, at this time of the year for the position players that have played a lot, I don't, I don't think it hurts to have, you know, to, to get refreshed a little bit. Um, and the, the, the two balls Avi hit today for home runs were just absolute missiles. I mean, just off, <laughs> velocity off bat, kind of incredible, actually. Um, so it's a good thing. I mean, I think he's, you know, found a little bit of a drive the ball groove this year. Um, and, um, you know, it's always good to kind of keep that fresh and it's not going to happen every day, but it's, uh, you know, to, to not get too far away from it, I think is always good for you. It, it might get lost in an 11 to one game a little bit too, Craig, but another great foundation piece for Aaron Ashby, just three very crisp innings and just, you know, just let sail through the end of the game. Uh, I mean, the big thing, he just continues to throw strikes and it just, his stuff is just telling us that in the strike zone, it's going to be tough to square the baseball up. I mean, he, he, he's demonstrated that now five or six straight outings um, that he's, he's, it's hard to square the ball up on him. And um, that that's, you know, definitely not gone unnoticed. Um, you know, he's, he's throwing the ball really well. And, um, I don't think there's any question that he's an important part of what's uh, happening here. And uh, we're going to continue to, to get him out there and get him experience and have him face hitters and have him face tough hitters and, um, learn from it. Magic Craig council meeting with the media just a little while ago. Yeah. Good stuff from Aaron Ashby. And again, another, uh, kind of different opportunity for him throwing the final three innings of a very one-sided game. And he goes out there and was, was really good, was really good. And I don't know what the roster makeup is going to be in terms of pitchers in the postseason. We're going to talk a lot, a lot about that as we get closer because there will be some guys who are probably starters who, at least for the divisional series, will be moved into a bullpen role. Um, and, and that could push some other guys out of a playoffs uh, roster spot. You just don't know how it's all going to play out. But I am excited to see what Aaron Ashby is going to be able to do to help this team win games in the postseason. 11-1, the Brewers knock off the Indians. How does it all go down? We'll tell you what the highlights. That's next. It's Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Pauley. 11-1, the Brewers beat Cleveland. Pitching matchup today, Eric Lauer going for the crew. Aaron Savali getting the start for Cleveland. The Brewers basically led this game throughout, except for the first three pitches, because on the fourth pitch, Colton Wong does this. Pitch to Wong. Swing and a high fly, deep into right field, drifting back all the way back. Mercado, one nothing Brewers. Yeah, so Wong hitting the leadoff home run. Interestingly enough, it was a one on a one-two pitch. First time since April, he's hit a home run on a two-strike pitch, and that gives the Brewers a one-nothing lead. They add to their lead in the second. Jace Peterson leads the inning off with a base hit. That brings up Luis Urias. And the pitch. Runners go. Swing a line drive. Base hit into right. 
Vogelback's going to try and score. Here comes the throw. It's not cut off. Vogelback is in there. Pena trying to dive back to the bag at third. He's safe there. It's a run-scoring single for Eduardo Escobar. Make it 4-0 Milwaukee. Okay, so that happened later in the inning. Let's kind of regroup that. So Jace Peterson led the inning off with a base hit. Then Luis Urias got a single that scored uh, Jace Peterson. After that, Daniel Vogelback would walk. Manny Pena then got a, uh, a base hit. That scores Luis Urias, where Vogelback went to second. After a flyout from Jackie Bradley Jr. and a strikeout from Colton Wong, you heard the Eduardo Escobar hit. Uh, that scores Daniel Vogelback. The Brewers put up a three spot in the second inning, and they lead by a 4-0 score. As we go to the third inning, the Brewers would continue to add to their lead. Third inning gets started with Avisail Garcia. And the first pitch brought home, and Garcia rips one high and deep down the left field line, and it is gone. Avi Garcia with number 26 on the season. Yeah, so he hits the home run. That makes it 6 nothing. Then with two outs, Manny Pena's at the plate. Pena, high drive, deep left field. This one's back. Bye-bye baseball. And Manny Pena looking into the dugout. All kinds of fired up. It's 7-0 Brewers. Yeah, good to see Manny Pena continue to swing a hot bat. He's been doing that for the last month plus. That was all against Aaron Savali. His day would come to an end after the third inning was over. Francisco Perez, the new pitcher for Cleveland. And then Alex Young would come in to pitch in the sixth inning for the Brewers, and they would push across another run in the sixth. Manny Pena leads the inning off with a double, then a Colton Wong single pushes Pena to third. That brings up Eduardo Escobar. He reaches on an RBI fielder's choice where Pena scores. There was also an error on the play, which uh, allowed Escobar to move up. But they do rule that the run would have scored even without the error. So Escobar is able to get the RBI, and that makes it an 8 nothing game in favor of the Brewers. All the while, Eric Lauer doing his best Corbin Burns impersonation as he was throwing a no-hitter. He takes the no-hitter into the sixth inning, gets Owen Miller, the Wisconsin kid, to a line out. That's uh, That keeps the no-hitter in place. But then Ryan LaVarnway gets a base hit, the first hit of the day for Cleveland, and the no-hitter ends after five and a third no-hit innings from Eric Lauer. After the uh, LaVarnway base hit, Oscar Mercado gets a single, and then that brings up Miles Straw. 1-1, line back up the middle of base hit. LaVarnway is going to be sent to round third. He's going to try and score. Here's the throw from Jackie Bradley Jr. Takes two hops, and LaVarnway scores. It's 8-1. to one. Brewers would uh, finish off their scoring in the eighth inning. New pitcher for Cleveland is Brian Shaw with one out. He faces off against Colton Wong. Pitch from Shaw, swing and a high fly. How about right now? Way back for Wong, a new career high for Colton Wong. His 13th home run of the season, his second of the game. 9-1 Brewers. Second two-home run day of the year for Colton Wong. Later in the inning, Avisael Garcia says, you know what, I can do that too. The pitch is swung on and driven. Deep left. Wow, what a shot by Garcia. Three quarters of the way up the bleachers in left field. My, oh my, what a shot. 
Yeah, I mentioned earlier 1,680 combined feet of home run distance between Colton Wong and Garcia today. That finished off the scoring. The Brewers get the 11-1 win. Aaron Ashby, by the way, through the final three innings as he picks up his first major league save. With the win, the Brewers go to 89-55, and reaching another brand-new high watermark above 500 in organizational history, while the Indians drop to 69-72. and Winning totals for the Brewers, 11 runs, 13 hits, no errors. They leave six for Cleveland. One run, four hits, two errors. They leave three. Winning pitcher Eric Lauer, he's six and five. Aaron Savali takes the loss to drop to ten and four. The save to Aaron Ashby, his first home runs. Colton Wong hitting his twelfth and thirteenth. Avisao Garcia hitting his twenty-sixth and twenty-seventh. Manny Pena hitting his tenth. The game lasting two hours and fifty-nine minutes. Just came under the three-minute tick. 16,332 folks in attendance at Progressive Field. Brewers get the win over the Indians by an 11-1 score. One more break. We'll come back. We'll preview the Detroit series, which will begin on Tuesday, and also give you a look at what's going on in the uh, National League playoff races. That's next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on ESPN Milwaukee. up on this edition of Brewers Extra Innings after the Brewers come up with an 11-1 win over Cleveland. They end up sweeping the series. Joe in Bristol texting in says the Indians are struggling, but nonetheless, this series has left me speechless. I'm out of words and adjectives. And uh, good de- is spelling the word adjectives correctly, by the way, in the text. Uh, so uh, bonus points for Joe in Bristol on that text message. Let's take a look at uh, the scores from around the National League that are either in the division or impact the playoff race. Uh, the biggest game, I think, to take note of, Cardinals and Reds. Cardinals win 2 nothing as uh, they end up taking 2 of 3 from Cincinnati. Nolan Arnato hitting his 31st home run of the year. Jay Happ got the start in the win, going 5 and a third, giving up just two hits. Cubs lose to the Giants 6-5. That impacts things in the National League West and the National League wildcard race. Uh, Nationals beat the Pirates 6-2. That has no impact on much of anything. Braves defeat the Marlins 5-3. That's notable for the NL East. Also notable for the NL East is Rockies defeating the Phillies 5-4. And in progress right now, the Dodgers lead the Padres 1-0. That game is in the middle of the fifth. Great pitching matchup. Max Scherzer has gone five no-hit innings so far for the Dodgers. Six strikeouts, no walks. Uh, Blake Snell, I'm not quite sure what's going on here. Blake Snell came out of the game after getting only uh, two outs, I see. So uh, that I would assume that's some type of injury, which is horrible news for the Padres if that is the, uh, the case because they need as much pitching as they can get. This is where things sit right now in the divisional standings in the National League East between the Braves' win and the uh, Phillies' loss. The Phillies are now four and a half games back. The Mets will play the Yankees tonight five and a half back, but the Braves en route to winning that division. Uh, uh, Brewers lead the Reds by 14 games and the Cardinals by 15 games. Giants have a three-game lead on the Dodgers. That could be two and a half if the Dodgers end up beating the Padres. If the Padres come back to win, the Dodgers would be three and a half games back. And then the wild card standings, that is certainly uh, the notable uh, thing right now in the National League, the tightest race. The Padres holding the second wild card. They'll go back into a virtual tie with the Reds if the Padres lose. They'll be one game up if the Padres win. Uh, 
the uh, yeah. So then you have the Reds right now a half game back, and the Cardinals a game and a half back. If the Padres lose to the Dodgers, they would be the Cardinals would be just one game back. With the Phillies where they're at right now is three. It could be two and a half at the end of the day. So that gives you an idea of what's going on across uh, across baseball. Uh, they are at halftime, by the way. Packers and uh, the Saints, and the Packers did get uh, a field goal right at the end of the first half. So that is a 17-3 to game here at the moment. Uh, you can hear that on our sister station, 620 WTMJ. If you are looking uh, for that, uh, that is where the Packers game is. As the Packers, as I said earlier, will do their bet- attempt attempt to do their best impersonation of the Brewers and come up with a uh, comeback win because, of course, the Brewers this year, uh, they have done a nice job coming from behind. 36 come from behind wins this year for the Brewers. They did not have to come from behind today to get the 11-1 win over uh, the Indians, and now they go into an off day uh, traveling to Detroit. By this time, they may have already landed in Detroit. If not, it's close. Uh, Freddie Peralta is going to start the opener coming up on Tuesday. Peralta will enter that game with a 9-4 and record and a 2.69 ERA. How about this? It's Peralta v. Peralta, former Brewers pitcher Willie Peralta, who's having a nice bounce back, uh, not just a bounce back from last year, but bounce back from a few years of being not overly effective. Willie Peralta will start for Detroit on Tuesday night, 3-3, three and three, a 3.60 ERA. 540 for the first pitch, so that means coverage on WTMJ will begin at 5.05, and I will talk to you uh, immediately following the game for Brewers Extra Innings. Again, that's going to be over on WTMJ once again today. Brewers get the win over since, uh, yeah, excuse me, Cleveland, wrong Ohio City there. They get the win over Cleveland by an 11-1 score, and uh, we'll talk to you on uh, Tuesday for more Brewers baseball.